Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Lenhart, Garrett Eisler here. Today, we're going to talk about season four, episode 18, called Shuffling Off to Buffalo, which aired February 8th, 1974, and is available to view on Paramount+. Plus. Garrett, you want to talk about the writers? Uh, once again, it is Mark Rothman and Lowell Gantz. Uh, they've written... They're all, they, uh, the head writers of the season, and uh, they wrote, uh, seems like every one of the last, almost every one of the last four episodes we've watched. Uh, okay, well, we open with an unusual opening shot. It's the skyline of New York looking vertically down the city. I think it's down with the Empire State Building in the middle. I think that's south. Did you happen to notice that opening shot? I uh, did not examine it that closely, okay. but uh, you're right. It is. It's a shot we haven't. I feel like we've seen it before in a long time ago, maybe, but and not very usual. I think the point is to establish morning. It's a sunrise. Yes, it's a daytime shot. Uh, we cut the shot of Oscar in the kitchen. He's wearing a jersey with a number seventy four on it and a blue baseball cap turned backwards. So, uh, according to my research, number seventy four at that time would be attributed to Merlin Olson who of course became an actor who was playing for the LA Rams at the time. So oh, that's uh, right. See, I remember the name Merlin Olson as an actor. Yes. He was a football player turned actor. Much what did like, he go on to do? Uh, he was in, uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not looking for his whole, I, I'm just curious. Like, why do I know that name? Yeah. The big, name? the big show was hold on, I'm looking it up because I can't remember the name at the moment. It was like highway, not highway to heaven. Or was he in highway to heaven with, um, with uh michael landon aaron's way father murphy it was father murphy that was oh. his big show he was on little house that's right so okay. his, the connection to michael landon wasn't highway to heaven it was little house on the prairie he was in 51 episodes right. then he went to father murphy which was on for two seasons that he was father okay. murphy and then oh, wait wait the only reason we're talking about him is he's not mentioned in the show you're no. assuming that the number on oscar's jersey is a reference to him it Why? would have for anyone watching that show in this in 1974 and seeing a jersey with 74 who knows anything about football, they would awesome. have to think Merlin. Why were you only looking at football players? Because baseball, because it's a football jersey, and I don't. This, oh, it looked yeah, like I a guess football baseball jersey. numbers never go. That I don't way. think. Yeah, I don't think of baseball. Also, don't. I guess baseball players. Yeah, I, I'm not a. Sports and he is person. about to go play football. Before right. That, so. Yeah, it looked to me like a football jersey. So. All right. Well, we've gotten off on a tangent. Thanks to your questioning. <laughs> oh, thanks to me. Well, you Mr. were Merlin you Olson. you asked me who Merlin. I didn't. The head of Merlin Olson fan club. I should have looked up Merlin Olson ahead of time. Uh, when so are we doing the Father Murphy podcast? Uh, after we do Isle of Lucy, All in the Family, <laughs> and okay. uh, Honeymooners. Well, no, we're not going to Honeymooners. There's already a Honeymooners podcast. Oscar is putting potato chips like loose into a large brown paper bag. Uh, at the counter where he's doing that, we see a sandwich, an open jar of pickles, cleats, and a glass with just a little liquid in it that I presume was beer, although he doesn't usually drink beer out of a glass. Hmm. Uh, he puts a pickle into the bag as well, like a, just a lone 
blank, uh, not blank, but like yeah. unwrapped pickle. Yes. So you Why just not? put uh, uh, putting food into a large brown paper bag unwrapped is weird, which is the joke. Not for Oscar. Oh, not yeah, for Oscar. Yeah. That's why it's funny. Felix comes out of the living room in his pink robe. He's looking very tired. Oscar's very chipper and says, hey, good morning, buddy. What a great day. You want a sandwich? Felix says, morning. Take those spiked shoes off my counter, referring to the cleats. Oscar puts them in the bag with the food, which is mm. now even grosser, saying, cleats are made of rubber. They don't scratch. Felix says, look what he's having for breakfast, a bologna sandwich. Oscar says, it's all right. It's got cornflakes in it. Felix shakes his finger at Oscar and says, no wonder you got ulcers. Oscar says, Felix, don't nag, huh? It's Sunday, so please don't nag. Even naggers have to rest on Sunday. Felix says, up early to get a head start on your messiness. Oscar says, nope, a telegram came. I had to get up anyway. The sports writers are playing touch football against the Playboy Bunnies this morning. Felix then takes a plate out of the refrigerator and asks, a half sandwich left over from last night? Oscar says, yeah, I'm saving it for later. And Felix says, no wonder I nag at you. Oscar says, oh, get off my back, will you? And get out of my life. <laughs> Felix shouts, that's the answer to everything. Felix, move out. Get rid of Felix. He Boy, that escalated quickly. It did. He calms down and he asks, what did your telegram say? And Oscar says, it's not for me, it's for you. Felix gets very anxious because he comes from a generation when a telegram was sent to deliver very good or very bad news. Ah, right. Before but, email. By this time, however, by, but not before phones. Well, yeah, by 1974, the telegram was really on the way out. In fact, I found mm. a 1970 New York Times article that said the headline was the familiar telegram, a dying institution. And the first sentence was Western Union is trying to get out of delivering telegrams into American homes. Doorstep deliveries are fast becoming American memorabilia. The decline of the telegraph service is part of the growing American unwillingness to subsidize traditional services for the dwindling population population in rural areas and small cities. Now, that's really interesting. Why do you think 1970 is the turning point? Because I would have thought what really replaced telegrams, you know, instant written communication before email was kind of faxes, really, or mess, you know, just more messenger services. But um I mean, if phones were going to kill off telegrams, why did it take till 1970? Because I guess, well, maybe because the rural, those rural places still didn't have phones maybe for a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if 1970 is really the cutoff. It's just when the article showed up in the New York Times. So maybe yeah. it was happening before. But yeah, I do think the the uh, increasingly, some I'm assuming as phones went along, they got less expensive to make a call domestically became, and more people had them that it made the telegram a little silly. In fact, we don't really understand why this telegram was sent. If we find out <laughs> That's what happened, another question. right. There's no reason that, that the, <laughs> the person who sent this telegram couldn't have just As called Felix. See, yes. Yeah. Right. So but um, you're right. It is funny how his Felix's reaction, which is on, in the moment in 1974 is already kind of funny and maybe dated because yes, it must be something it's an either right, really happy news or really uh, uh, bad news, but it's urgent. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, he grew up with that. So even if it's on the way out, he grew up with telegrams probably being sent in his, yes. in his, in his youth right. or you know, whatever right. decade he actually was. As opposed, uh, to, uh, as opposed to Oscar, who's much younger, of course. Right. Yes. Right. Last week. Um, 
Uh, Felix says anxiously, I got a telegram you didn't tell me. What, what? Oscar says, I didn't can't get a chance with your nagging. Felix's hands start shaking now as he tries to open the telegram. While Oscar says, I got a great day planned. I don't want you to ruin it. Will you stop shaking while I'm talking to you? Felix says, I always shake when I get a telegram. Who knows what it means? He finally gets it open and says, hey, great news. My brother Floyd is coming to spend a couple of days with us. Hey, you think I'm fun? Wait till, get, wait till you meet Floyd. <laughs> He's exactly like me. <laughs> that is a great, uh, that's a great, uh, what do we call the, not the tag. The anti-tag. Like what's, cold the, whatever open. sends us into the opening. Credits, cold, you know? cold open. Great cold, and cold open end. Uh, Oscar has the look of unhappiness and disbelief on his face. On his face. Now, we, the, the, so the question now is, why didn't Floyd call him and tell him this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so presumably, even though Floyd lives in Buffalo, they must have phones in Buffalo. And um, so, and that would be just as instant, of course. What's also weird is that um, uh, Floyd arrives shortly after Oscar comes back from the right. football game. Yeah. So he's coming this day. Now, short notice is maybe understandable, but if it's really, you know, you think a call would be, well, unless here's a theory it's early, we've established it's early in the morning. And to get, uh, depending on how Floyd is traveling from Buffalo to New York, he might be already en route. And maybe this was like some sudden on his end, some emergency that he decided in the middle of the night he needs to come, did not want to wake Felix up by calling him and instead had the telegram, the telegram to inform him in the morning. I agree. That's a possibility. It doesn't seem like this is a last minute trip though. So I, I think yeah. that's probably, I think they well, apparently did he didn't tell Felix to the last minute that he's staying with him. Uh, true. You're right. I still feel like it's a planned trip and, and there's no reason. This is just a, a yes. way to get a little sight gag in of Felix opening the Absolutely, telegram. Yes. So after the credits, it is later that day because now Oscar comes home from this football game with the Playboy bunny. With a big that, smile on his right. face. Right. We're going to play the clip and as Felix starts talking to Oscar, at the beginning of the clip, Oscar has a really... Big smile on his face. Oscar, how'd the game with the bunnies go? <laughs> Look at that smile. Hey, what happened? He lost 87 to nothing. <laughs> but we set an all-time record for unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> Your brother show up? No, not yet. Any minute now. You don't mind Floyd spending a couple of days, do you? No, no, I did it first. We know when you mentioned it, but after all, you put up with my cousin Freddie. Freddie was all right. If you like a man who carves his roast with a switchblade. <laughs> Most calls in the middle of the night. So we got a few calls. From the street? Hey, Freddie, come on up! <laughs> Forget about Freddie. Tell me about your brother Floyd. Oh, he's a big man up there in Buffalo. Yeah, what does he do? He's got his own company. He's president. President of what? What does he do? He makes... Um, <laughs> bubble gum. <laughs> makes bubble gum? Yeah, hunger gum. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to imagine a grown up man making bubble gum. I always pictured that pink elves made it or something. <laughs> There's Floyd. There he is. There he is. Oh. Little apple, big elves. Super terrific, uh, and how are you? Tip top, tip yeah. top. Oh, good. 
haven't changed, Felix. Still the greatest, most generous guy in the world. Inviting a poor, deprived person into your home just to feed him. That's Oscar, my roommate. Oh, hi, Oscar. <laughs> Let's look at the old family album. Well, it's getting late. Time to go to bed. No, 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 talking. no, wait a minute. Now, listen, listen, Felix. I don't think Oscar wants to look at a lot of old sure photographs. No. He wants to look at some new photographs oh, instead. Yeah. What have you got? Mildred and the kids. Hey. What is that in front of their faces? Well, well, they're all blowing bubbles. They like it a lot. Great-looking Ungers, Floyd. Nice family. Well, as the great Al Jolson used to say... You ain't seen nothing yet. Now look, look, here's my big girl, Alice. Here's my big boy, Bobby. There's big Alice and big Bobby. There's my little girl, Sharon. There's big Alice and big Bobby and little Sharon. There's my little boy, David. There's Sharon and David. You don't have every combination. Well, of course I do. They're in my other wallet. It is getting late. I have to go to bed. I would good, night, good night. Good night. Good night. You got a great life, Floyd. Oh, Felix. You're always telling me what a great life I have. Now, you know, my offer still stands. Why don't you come up to good old Buffalo and go into business with me? Come up to good old Buffalo? I thought you were tired you were going to bed. Got my second win. I mean, New York really isn't the place for you, Felix. You're a country boy like me. Floyd, you know... He always tells me how he envies your easy life up there. Whenever New York City gets him depressed, he starts with, I'm going to pack, I'm going to go back to Buffalo. Right, right, right. And you could have a much better job. You could be my general manager. Look, look, Felix, I need the Unger kind of mentality up there, someone I can trust. But I don't know anything about bubblegum. Well, I could teach you the business in a week. You know, it's not as complicated as people seem to think. But, Floyd, I've put down roots here. Felix, you cannot plant roots in cement. <laughs> You're not happy in this rat race, are you? Well, I love photography. Oh, come on, Felix. That's not what you've been telling me for the last three months. Felix, please. Well, life has a way of disillusioning you, I suppose. I thought when I became a photographer, I'd, I'd be an artist. You know what kind of work I do? Last week, I did a layout for a bug spray ad. They brought 300 cockroaches into my studio. <laughs> you start out with big plans, you wind up with little bugs. I mean, you can't even keep your windows clean oh, in this city. who knows that better than I do? I mean, sooty windows for an unger. It's shocking. That is shocking for you. But I just can't leave New York City. It's the center of everything. The museums, the theater, the opera, art. It, my style is the Big Apple. All right, all right, all right, Felix. But just promise me that you'll think about it before I go back to Buffalo. I'll think about it. All right, I will. Good. I will. Okay, so now let's look at the other picture. Oh, where does the time go? Good night, old people. There's some really great stuff in that scene. Yeah. Of course, the classic moment when Floyd thinks Oscar's a homeless person <laughs> is just so great. Um, the way Felix was is such, delivered with such sincerity. Yes. The way Felix is there. He is there. He is when he's running the door. Uh, you cannot. Hey, plant... did you sense I sensed an edit there uh, 
and I wondered whether there was a musical um, cut there. I don't recall uh, on our list. Of... I just thought there was a strange edit there, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll look into okay. that later. But... Yeah, I don't recall in our list of musical um, edits that we got from our friend Lee that this was one of them. But um, no, this is not one of them. I, I, did, I did just check. Um, so another uh, great line is, uh, you cannot plant roots in cement. <laughs> when Felix says, thought you're tired going to bed. I do that sometimes with my wife when she says I'm going to sleep now and <laughs> she's not. I Does she get that. the reference? No, of course not. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, sooty windows for an unger. Those are yeah, my favorite yeah. lines. Well, it's funny. Yeah, they give just a few hints of, of there being... S- similar but despite what felix says at the beginning that he's just like me he actually isn't that's right he's not a neat freak there's no evidence he's a neat freak and um uh you know so but which is good though you know i was thinking while watching and how uh a more conventional sitcom sitcom approach would have been to make him a carbon copy and to have them like compete of who's the neatest neat freak or something you know uh and i'm so glad that they did not get that gimmicky with it yeah, so let's talk about Floyd, who's perfectly cast, because you're right. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a really, it's someone who you believe is Felix's brother, but is not a, a comic uh, crutch of a clone. Uh, he's played by William Redfield, who started acting on Broadway at the age of nine in 1936. He did many Broadway shows. He was a founding member of the New York Actors Studio. He was on TV very early in, the, in 1949, and then did lots of live TV. He did sporadic movie and TV work in the 60s and 70s. I believe he really focused on Broadway. Other shows he was on at the time included Maud and Bob Newhart. I think many people may recognize him besides from this is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where he was one of the patients, Dale Harding. But he died very young of leukemia at the age of 49, only two and a half years after this aired, which I I did not know. Yeah. He estimated that he was in 2,000 performances across stage and screen. Uh, He said that to a reporter. Um, And speaking of two odd connections to that, what I just said about him, he co-wrote a book about Mr. Peepers with Wally Cox, who also died very young soon after appearing in An Odd Couple. Soon after appearing on The Odd Couple. Yes, at the age of 48. Oh, so goodness, very weird. And we have one more person in this episode who also died yeah, around the I same know. age. Yes. So, you do? Oh, from reading my oh, notes? I mean, oh, just from sorry. My notes, yeah. Okay, I didn't realize. So you told me. So yeah. you told me. No, no, it's fine. I don't, I, know, I, I don't know who that is. I thought you knew the, I thought you were aware of this yeah. actress because of her, of who she is in the, in your community. Well, I will, I will comment on that. Okay. Later, yeah. All right. So, um, yes. But about William Redfield, I just want yes. to say, like, I've always thought he was a wonderful actor. I've forgotten. It's been so long since I've seen this episode that I've gotten to know him through other things without and forgot that he was Floyd. Um, um, he is all, not only now. Did, do you know if he appeared in Mr. Peepers? Is that why he wrote uh, Mr. Peepers? I do not. I do Floyd? not know. I got a sense. He must more have, of- I mean, it went on a long, long time. I, I think like he, every New York actor must have been in Mr. Peep at some point. But. Oh, maybe. I got a sense he was. Um, I don't think I saw him. Uh, keep talking. I'm going to look up his credits while you yeah. talk. Well, it's just interesting because obviously Mr. Peepers was a big Tony Randall show. And with someone like William Redfield, who was a creature of the new theater of the 1950s, like Tony 
Tony Randall, um, I imagine they must have known each other, especially if they uh, through Wally Cox, maybe. Um, and so I like to think that maybe Tony Randall brought, you know, suggested William Redfield for this, if they're old friends, and maybe that accounts for some of the nice chemistry they have. Uh, Phil just being a few years, just a few years younger than Randall. Um, I also know he uh, wrote some other books. So he's known, he wrote a, uh, what's known to be a very funny theatrical memoir uh, that the title, I don't remember the title of it, but if you're interested in him, he uh, is apparently a very, very witty writer. And um, random trivia, I've discovered in the Edward Gross's 25th anniversary Odd Couple Companion uh, is the Mark Rothman, who co-wrote the episode, says that his whole inspiration for the episode was the idea that actor William Daniels should play Felix's brother. Oh, interesting. And now William Daniels, I probably don't need to introduce to anyone who would be interested in TV of this era, but of course, most famous for his later performances in St. Elsewhere, I guess. And Knight Rider and Boy Meets World. He was Kit the Car. He's the voice in Knight Rider. Yes, yes. And Boy Beats World. And in the musical 1776. Um, So for some reason, Mark Martin thought that William Daniels would be another creature of the 1950s uh, New York theater and television scene, uh, would be a great uh, guest star to have as Felix's brother. And for some reason that fell through. So uh, in a way, he would have been great, but uh, it was great that it made way for William Redfield. That would have been very different. William Daniels always plays such a uptight, yeah. He's not as uh, genial. Warm. He's not well, yeah, as uh, it's not as warm and genial. Yes. Yeah, the Redfield is just has such wonderful warmth in this, and also the plays up this. Even though Buffalo is not a small town, but the the whole running gag of this is that it's a small town, such a different life than than the city. This yeah, kind of small town values. Uh, William Redfield was not in Mister Peepers. So uh, the name of the book you're thinking of could it be Letters from an Actor? Yes, that's it. okay. That's All it. right. There's a copy for eighty dollars on Amazon. Oh, I think I have that. In, wow, that's nice oh, to know. I have a, a copy somewhere in my in my storage. Um, the uh, you know, uh, Wally Cox. I bet then he must have been friends with Wally Cox. Yes. Why yeah. else would he? That's be why involved? I thought, and that may have been his connection to Randall. That's what I thought. It was. It was. Uh, it was more of a friendship. Um, so we have a new scene. Cab pulls up to faked 1049 Park Avenue. Oscar's typing, <laughs> Oscar's typing at his desk. Felix comes home looking exhausted. Oscar r- starts to right away passively, aggressively encouraging Felix to move out by saying, hi, you country bumpkin, you. <laughs> yes, right. Felix comes in and plods over to the couch, plops down and says, today I shot an entire layout for baby food. One kid spit up strained beats all over my camera. Another one was teething on my arm. From now on, I'm going to use midgets, which would not be acceptable language today. Oscar stands up and walks over to him and says, oh, come on, will you? Felix just says, exhausted. Oscar looks at Felix's shoes and asks what happened because he sees that Felix is not wearing any shoes. (laughs) Uh, Felix says, I fell asleep on the subway. Someone stole my shoes. Oscar says, didn't I tell you to take the subway? Didn't I tell you? never to take the subway anymore, and you shouldn't wear your loafers in New York. Felix says, stole the pennies and everything. Now Oscar steps over Felix, and that leads to our oh, next- Oh, by the way, yes, uh, another yet another reference to the crime-ridden New York of the early 1970s, uh, supposedly. 
but not to ever take the subway seems a bit extreme. Uh, I agree. And Although we, I don't we know later. Subway. We know later. Yes, they, they do. Yes. I don't take the subway anymore. Not because of crime. I just have a fear of getting stuck underground. Interesting. Uh, do you, also, I don't know why Felix thinks it's funny they took the pennies along with the loafers since someone would have to actually remove the pennies from the yes. loafers too. I think I was, I think my, I, I used to wear penny loafers as a child and have pennies huh. in them. And I think somehow my uh, uh, relationship with my loafers was somehow influenced <laughs> by this episode somehow. And I don't remember exactly You mean why. you started wearing them? Uh, I don't know if I started wearing Felix them. A trendsetter. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember. I just somehow associate my wearing loafers as a child with this episode. I can't think exactly why. I don't okay. think I ever wore the pennies, but, which is kind of a really weird tradition when you think about it, isn't it? It is. Penny loafers. All right. Now we're going to play uh, a scene from after uh, Felix comes home. You know, the big apple is beginning to sour. Where's Floyd? Where else? He's in his room cleaning. Oh, lucky stiff. <laughs> He's on his way to paradise, to Buffalo. I'm stuck here. Oh, why are the innocent always the victims? No, Felix, you're turning into a professional complainer. I've got a right to complain. Yeah, well, I'm sick of hearing Buffalo this and Buffalo that and Uh, Buffalo this. I could do very well in Buffalo. Believe me, I've been dreaming about it. Well, stop whining, stop dreaming and go. I just might do it, Well, go ahead. And be the general manager of an up-and-coming bubblegum company. Get myself a nice little house. Keep the windows clean. Raise ferns. Maybe Gloria and the kids would come up and stay with me a little while. It might be the salvaging of my marriage. Floyd! Floyd! You remember on my eighth birthday when I asked for those electric trains? said I'd never ask for anything else. You never gave me those trains. Let me have this. Here, Felix, I'll take your bag. Oscar, thank you for everything. Take good care, Felix. I will. This is how it all ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. I don't feel right about this, Oscar. Leaving you with all this extra expense. You never have any money. How are you going to pay the rent? Maybe I'll get another roommate. Well, maybe things won't work out up there in Buffalo. Water my plants, won't you? Every day. This is my baby. I'm taking this from the Mr. Kevin, we'll let you on the bus. Come on. What can I say, Oscar? Four years ago, a man came to this store who had nowhere to turn. You took him in. Remember that day? Like I remember Pearl Harbor. (laughs) Told you I was only staying temporarily. All good things must come to an end. Oscar, what am I doing? Shuffling off the bubble. You're gonna miss my sense of humor.
another great scene. Now we do get a more timeline information there <clears throat> where uh, Felix says four years ago is when I moved in. Yes. Which but is that's pretty well. Well, yes. All it, <laughs> here's the funny thing. It's like, it is uh, accurate in as far as the show we're in season four. Yes. So I'll give them credit for that, that they didn't just simply forget what season they were in. Uh, however, it's an open question as to how long before episode season one, episode one, like when, when the series started with the laundry or orgy in season one, episode one, uh, how long has Felix already been there? And technically, if you go by the movie, which is that was 68. So it's been six years. If, if you really were going to take that as the origin point. Plus there's a play before the movie. Yeah. For some reason I, I would, I cut more slack about the play, but since the series followed so closely from the movie and it kind of works out that way, it kind of makes sense that, you know, he's 68 would be a good date origin date for the series too, you know, but anyway, but it's close enough, close enough. You know, if he's approximating. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not as given all the other errors in the show, it's not as uh, egregious as, as other things. Um, I will ref, go ahead. Speaking of inconsistencies, though, yeah. once again, there is a guest room. No one is sleeping on the couch. Oh, right. And, That's a good and point. And Oscar says Floyd is in his room. His room, room right. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I, I could be proven wrong in this coming up, but I believe we never see the third bedroom. No, we never. Of course, of course we never do. Because yeah. they'd have to build another set. Yeah, we've never, so. never seen it. Yeah. Um, and... Again, that's only relevant because it's the inconsistency ranges from originally Oscar referencing. I know in the play he references like eight rooms, but um, even in the series, at some point he he implies a lot of bedrooms. Yeah, he implies three bathrooms at one point. Right, three bathrooms. Right. Yeah. And but then again, there are plenty of times when someone stays, someone guest comes, and 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 Felix has to sleep on the couch. Well, yeah, we know that uh, Roy Clark comes over, and I don't think we Mm. see anyone sleeping in the living room. Uh, well, that's getting ahead of ourselves. I don't know where Ernie the Eskimo slept. <laughs> he must have slept in a third bedroom. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to bring up. I so in our in our discussion of um, vocal girl makes good last time, there was some hmm. nasty critiques on Facebook hmm. of how much we hmm. pick apart the show. And I I told those folks that you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast because. <laughs> you don't like our style so well i don't well, you know it is I, that occurred to me like why someone uh who you know people are i i'm totally empathetic if they don't like our podcast um why they would still listen then again i realized we are the only odd couple podcast well i can't tell if they're listening or they're just because so, they're reading if you're what, a fan of that couple you don't really have many, many anywhere else to turn they may just be reading what we post on the Facebook page. I see. And say, well, why are you picking apart? I, my point is, why would you comment on the show yeah. you don't listen to? I, I, there's podcasts about other shows, like All in the Family, that I thought were terrible, and I just stopped reading. I didn't actually look for a place yeah. to tell them how bad they are. But anyway, I did. I, in this discussion, I pointed out, and I will point out here just because I, I have an outlet, uh, a more egregious error regarding somebody leaving something. Uh, in Isle of Lucy, they live in the building for 15 years. Uh, in season two of the show, they move from the original apartment to a, a, a bigger apartment. When Lucy is leaving to go to Connecticut, 
she talks about living in that apartment for 15 years with no recognition that she moved apartments three years earlier. And that drives me up a wall. <laughs> so I do pick apart other shows. And that that sense of acknowledging a timeline is far more egregious than the odd couple yes. in this moment in time. Well okay. said. Thank you. Uh, so let's talk about what shuffling off the Buffalo comes from. There's two references that that is, uh, that is uh, significant about. There's two references. It's refers to two different things. There's the song Shuffling Off the Buffalo, which was written by Al Dubin and Harry Warren in 1933 for 42nd Street. And thank God Felix didn't sing it because they would probably have to cut it out. And there's a tap dance Shuffling Off the Buffalo that was created in the 1880s. Hmm, that I did not know. And I think that's the dance he's doing. And I, I guess 42nd Street kind of adapted that dance into the song. I, I had a little hard time. Maybe. What I remember from 42nd Street is that the song is a is a set uh, you know a, um, a set piece by itself like a in the show within the show it's a big dance uh number about newly married newlyweds taking the train up to niagara falls yes that's right so that's what the song's about and did you notice that how felix is getting to buffalo what for i transportation? did and i thought this was weird Go ahead. By well, bus, he, right? He's taking a bus, which I don't know. Maybe in 1974, there was not a lot of okay. regional air transportation between right. New York and Buffalo. Let's, let's, yes, just to lay that. Or a train. Uh, first of all, Oscar, it, when Oscar comes to visit, it's, it's established that he takes a plane. So, Oh, it is. Um, oh, right. It's a very short. It would be a very. Oh, that's right. That's, we're going to play that, that clip. Yeah, yeah. I've done this trip. It's a very quick, like one hour, 45 or, or 45 minute or an hour. Uh, flight but even by train it is like eight hours nine hours this is not like going to the Poconos you know this is going to the Canadian border from New York City and a bus ride would be like over 10 hours and so if Floyd I understand the bubblegum company is not like a multinational conglomerate he's not a millionaire but surely the guy's got enough for a train well First of all, I just said I didn't know if there was plane transportation to Buffalo in 1974, but you're right. We're going to play a clip yeah, where it's right. proven there is. He His bubblegum factory seems to be fairly successful. I would and say a Floyd, large company. Yeah, large I'd office. say Floyd is making a comfortable <laughs> living. And yeah. Felix supposedly has money because he wins Oscar $600 and he buys right. a $950 camera. Right, right, right. And it does not seem very unger-like to take a bus. Uh, that's a bad bus ride right yeah there so to go, that's like one of those you know, all overnighters sometimes now so, i wonder if that was a jack klugman ad lib is he the one that says yes he said you can't bus? take okay. that they won't let I you see. on the bus oh right i thought well, it was the same thing it's about no it's about it's a joke they need a joke about the plant right like once felix is going to make a, a, a do a bit with the big plant uh it's funnier to imagine him but carrying he, it on the bus Right. The line, he, he, I wonder if this if it was supposed to be playing and he just said bus or if yeah, it really it, was he was supposed to say bus. I don't know why they'd say bus. But anyway. OK, that's it about that scene. Unless you have more. I think we've I think we've gotten what we exhausted it. OK, so now we have a new scene. We see the exterior of an office building in a suburban area. and We cut to Felix sitting. It's in also a, can I just say I liked how they very deliberately picked setting kind of a setting us up for what's to come that is the most drab depressing little office building it's like windowless 
Yeah, it is. Like a desolate parking lot. It looks more like a factory than an office building, which is what it is. That's true. But Felix has a very nice office. I'm very envious of that office. One that reminds me a lot of his office in the Tony Randall show when he's a judge. Sitting, seeing him sit behind that desk, like kind of, which is coming after this, I know, but yeah, but that of, that office was much smaller. The actual office. Oh, okay. I, I do about remember the, it more. Are you talking about the courtroom? No, I'm talking about. I don't know. I just like from what little I've seen of the Tony Randall show. Okay, him sitting in this setting. I guess it just says like how out uh, took me how un Felix Unger this yes. is for him to be sitting right. behind this desk. You know, it's a really big office. It's a very impressive set. He has a nameplate that says Felix Unger Research and Development. Uh, we see a large office telephone, a bowl of candy and gum on the table, on the desk, and then a gumball machine in front of the desk. He's chewing gum and blowing a bubble. The door to the office opens, and a woman, who we find out is a secretary, walks in. She's also blowing a bubble, which is kind of a gag, <laughs> although Floyd never blows a bubble. Did you notice that? Mm. Interesting. Uh, now, what's, what's, it, what's, what does he know about the product that everyone else does? Well, broccoli flavored gum. I don't, I don't, I agree with him. <laughs> okay. Now her oh, name, it away. the secretary's name in the credits is listed as Ivy. Felix calls her Dixie in this scene. And we'll talk about what he says mm-hmm. about her later. She's played by Beatrice Colwyn. She was, in, this is the first of two episodes of the odd couple. She's in the bowling episode later. She was, she's, most famous, if she's famous at all, something I've seen in the last five years is the first 13 episodes of season one of Wonder Woman, the TV show. Mm. When it was set in World War II, if you remember, Wonder Woman, the TV show, was originally set in World War II where the comic books were set, and then they reset it to just be set in the 70s. Is that true? Uh, this is the Linda Carter. Yes, the Linda show. Carter one, yes. I, Which I remember watching a little, but I... I always assumed it was a 70s set. It was a contemporary show. The the last few, the last two, three seasons, I think it was a four season show or maybe three seasons, but after season one, it moved to the 70s. But season one- And they never, did they, of course, talk about inconsistencies. Did they explain that? They did. Well, (laughs) they, they, yes and no. I mean, so Steve Trevor, while Wagner's character was playing his son, Steve Trevor later, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, And they did, they addressed it I remember, see, I get it because I've read a lot about it. So while I was watching, I was reading about it. So that's how I knew. Uh, I can't remember in that first episode uh, of season two. Here we they, are in the 1970s. They, they did. I think they acknowledged it and addressed it somehow. Yes, that's my recollection. Like it was. Well, or, I will say, let's to, to say to the Facebook fans out there. Uh, yes, that. Odd couple does not commit that much of a cons- inconsistency. Well, that's different. That's not an inconsistency. <laughs> that's a plan. That's not an inconsistency. That's wrong. Oh, okay. No, and it, that's a planned change of environment. It may be more outrageous than anything, or more yeah. fantastical than anything. Out- fantastical, I think, is the good word. Uh, but it's not an inconsistency. It was a plan. Okay. I think they felt the ratings were bad, and this was a way to make yeah. it better. So anyway, she played a a World War II secretary to the army general who was kind of who's the boss of diana prince and steve trevor she was also on 22 episodes of happy days in season one as well as a car hop at arnold's maybe people know her from that uh she did barney miller too close for comfort night court who's the boss baywatch wonder years and knots landing now you i don't know if you knew this ahead of time but she's the granddaughter of the famous playwright george f s kaufman i did not i had no idea uh before you told me that earlier 
in your notes, um, which I read this time. Uh, and uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of George's Coffin. Uh, so I had no idea about that watching her in this episode. I also had no idea that he had a granddaughter who was an actress. So that's a total re revelation to me. And what's he famous for? He is famous for, uh, as a playwright of many of the great American stage comedies of the early to mid 20th century. Like, like the odd couple? You, like the man who came to dinner, which is the inspiration of the title, the Murray who came to dinner. Did you but write alas, the odd? not did write, the odd. He did he not write, write the odd. odd. Come on. But definitely he wrote the, he's the template of what writers like Neil Simon uh, borrowed. So it's kind of very fitting that uh, his granddaughter would be part of this world and the fact that she's in happy days tells me there's a gary marshall like gary marshall got to know her or something i also, also wonder if neil simon knows her yes did neil possibly. simon and george f kaufman know each other they over they barely overlapped in age kaufman died in the early 60s he i don't think george s kaufman lived to see the play of the odd couple let's put it that way i see okay and she died young of lung cancer at the age of 51 so oh. we have we have two actors here and a connection to a third who all died about the age Ooh. of 50. That's, dare, that's I, weird. dare we suggest an odd couple curse? No, we should not. Uh, now, here's where Felix says, yes, Dixie, as she walks in. And she says, here's the insurance report, insurance report on the explosion. Felix asks what explosion. And she says, oh, that was before you were here. Last month, one of the vats in the factory blew up. Felix says, really, anybody hurt? And she says, no, but there was gum everywhere. Four of the workers had to have their head shaved. Felix says, those people should wear shower caps. Those people should wear shower caps. Make a note of that. Take a letter to Oscar Madison. Dear Oscar, I'm fine. How are you? Things are just going Jim Dandy for me here. I'm chewing my way to the top. Ha, ha, ha. Put three dots between the ha's. Enough about me. I'm looking forward to your visit next week when you cover the game. I hope you're surviving and remembering the little things like wiping your feet before you come into the apartment. Now, now before you cut away, yeah, yeah. before you go to the next scene, yeah, okay. Um, I love this. I love this little moment of him dictating the letter because this reminds me. So I, I've been on a kick of watching old Tony Randall films ever since uh, TCM had like a marathon. And so Tony Randall's persona in his early films was as this Madison Avenue kind of young executive uh, films like Who Will, uh, Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter or Pillow Talk. And, uh, and this seems like such a throwback or a callback even to those roles where he speaks in this kind of 50s jargon while he's engaging in these office rituals. So I, I, I get a kick out of how Tony Randall performs this a little bit. Interesting. I haven't, I've tried some of those movies, like Will Successful, Rock Hunt, Hunter. And wasn't he in a lot of Doris Day and Rock Hudson movies? Yeah, he was the, he's the second banana or the side, he's the sidekick, Rock Hudson side, side, nerdy sidekick in uh, a bunch of those movies. Yeah. Uh, and that, that just didn't work for me for some reason. Um, so now we fade into the apartment, back to the apartment, and the living room is a disaster. It is a Oscar Madison complete redo <laughs> mess everywhere yeah. Yeah. uh it's clothing and garbage just littered about the door buzzer rings oscar shouts come on in Murr. don't forget to wipe your feet now murray has to barge his way in because there's a <laughs> box blocking the door he looks around the room when he finally gets in in dismay and he starts to whistle so we're going to play a clip and the first part of the clip is you're going to hear murray trying to get in and then whistle yeah by the way al molinaro 
must have had a great whistle because Murray, it's a bit that Murray does a lot in the show. And I think it must have been Al Molinaro's personal contribute, yes, signature contribution to the role. because i like the music um and that was the sound of the plane yes the, the airplane to buffalo that for some reason floyd is too cheap to take or fuel and felix is too cheap to take too yeah, right. well, they uh, went together right well they're both too cheap so this is the second time i just realized that we've done that box of the door joke when we see the flashback to young oscar mm-hmm. and oscar can't get the older oscar's father can't get in the room because oscar's got oh right so it's like it's actually kind of a one could call it a ripoff of a joke, but on the other hand, it's very it's consistent. Very consistent. Yes, to have. So that's actually, I'm going to give them a credit this time. Speaking of, and speaking, and just to add to the consistency score, the high consistency score in this episode, we have been prepared, I think, even two references to Felix having a brother yeah. in Buffalo. Yes, yeah, they've set that up well. Uh, so when Oscar, when Murray asks about Oscar's shoes, he's wearing one white shoe with brown trim and one dirty and scuffed gray shoe with black trim. And that's when he does the Macy's and Gimbel's reference. And, you know, I tried to look because if he in the next scene Oscar appears in, I think that I noticed they do not. It's almost like they're careful not to show his shoes. Oh, interesting. I didn't uh, do that. I was curious whether he presumably he got on the plane with them. And I assumed he must be wearing them through the whole uh, trip. And then in, um, but in the final scene, he is not wearing those shoes. He's wearing okay. shoes. Uh, and then the luggage that he picks up is a lar- is a brown paper bag, much like the one he was using in the beginning. <laughs> but this has like uh, travel stickers all over it, like you would see for a piece of luggage. <laughs> so, okay, that's, that's really funny. Right. I hadn't thought of that. that um, he it's not just in the moment he needs it it's like this is his travel shop right. bag which we know isn't true because we've seen him take right. luggage out yes. elsewhere and yes. has a real luggage yes. um do you think this was one of the scenes cut when you used to watch it on pix it's funny you should mention that because i was gonna well, yeah i was gonna i was gonna say that yes uh not only th- i would say the scene before this and this um no the scene in the with the beatrice with the dixie Yes, I don't because I so. very strongly okay. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but let's say I got my memory is that we see Felix go. Oh, that the very next thing is, is Oscar the, coming in. What we is the no, the very next thing is the very next thing we're gonna see, which is Felix testing the bubble gum oh, blowers. But I don't think they would need to cut this scene's a minute, the but one I, we just played. I wonder it's a lot of time, I agree, 
which is why I also wonder whether there's something else being cut that we're not I, seeing now. I remember, I don't remember this scene. I do from watching it as a child. I do remember the okay. scene about the, uh, when he gives dictation. Right. And she, so you, okay. But so you are, so you're asking this because you also were struck by yes. this scene being unfamiliar with Murray. Yes. Yeah. I think, Murray. I don't think we're, I don't remember seeing this. This is also a completely unnecessary scene. Like it doesn't it's do anything. For it's very short. It's uh, not even, it's, it's amusing. Yeah. It's not that funny. It does set up. no big, it does sets, not advance the story yet. It because sets we already up the heard he's coming. We already heard it's, Oscar's coming. It sets up the tag, but it's not necessary for the tag. The tag actually, right. in a way, would be funnier if we didn't see this living room set. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. you're right. By the way, speaking of, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, our friend Lee, who, who shared with us his list of musical cuts, has another list, but or if anyone's done this work of and detailing the syndication cuts. Yeah, I have a feeling that's out there somewhere. Uh, and if anyone can, can uh, give us a, a lead on that, I, I'd be fascinated to see well, we, that because um, you could just I, Google I, it. Uh, I could, but you know, I'm lazy. That's why I have a podcast to ask others to do this for and me. a partner so, who does all the work. <laughs> oh, oh, right. <laughs> really, I I thought it just comes so naturally. No, it's not automatic. Yeah. Anything more about the scene? Should we? I, I just want to say I do watch the episode. Okay. Oh yes, that I is do, your I contribution. Yes, and you contri- you you talk on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. New scene. We're back in Felix's office. There are three men standing in white coats with big bubbles blown, and each is holding up a big piece of cardboard with A, B, or C written on it. Now, I always thought, how long did it take this scene to get filmed? Because they have to hold the mm-hmm. bubbles. Very yeah. big bubbles. And you can't have someone else pre-blow them. I don't know. And they can't be fake. They're real bubbles. And they're very large, very impressively evenly sized bubbles. So how did they get that film efficiently? Well, all I I can say is these are basically three non-speaking actors. And so they must have cast these extras purely on the basis of bubblegum ability. I believe that, as far-fetched as that sounds. But even then... They would, they would, they get, they prep the gum, you know, before the camera rolls and they start rolling when they've got good bubbles going. I'd love to know how many takes it took. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Felix is examining the bubbles and that's where we're going to play another clip. Yeah. I like bubble bee. Nice try, ANC. Yes, Dixon? There's a Mr. Madison to see you. Oscar's here. Send him in. Send him in. You can come in now, fella. Oscar. Oh, gee. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. You? How do you like my office? I'm impressed. Yeah? Yeah? Got my own secretary? No, I saw Got my own window? With a view of buffalo, second to none? Wow. You can see half a buffalo from... Who would believe that eight bowling alleys in the same block could do much business? They're turning them away. I'm on the company team. Feel that? Like a rock! Yeah, yeah. Did you find a house? No, I'm staying with Floyd. You know, the nephews worship their uncle Felix. What do you do, actually? Busy from morning till night. Research and development. I invent new flavors. I taste gum. This is my pet project. This is going to revolutionize the gum industry. Bubble gum cards for kids who don't like sports. Great moments in opera. Number 16, 
Mimi gets tuberculosis. And the other side's a little libretto. Yeah, that's cute. That's cute. That's too really bad. I think if they want you over Lloyd. Oscar! Oh, nice to see you. Well, what brings you to Buffalo? We're covering a basketball game tomorrow night. Oh, well, I hope Felix is bringing you to dinner. My wife is dying to meet you. I uh, Felix is a zebra. You're a zebra? Does Unger gum blow bubbles? <laughs> uh, Big F, they want to see you over in, in, in production. Right. Okay. Be right back. Okay, see you later, buddy. Well, what do you think, Oscar? I must admit, I am surprised. I didn't expect him to adapt so easily. He seems so happy. Mm, he's happy. Then you're happy. No. You're not happy. No, he's driving us all crazy. What do you mean? Oscar, I don't understand what he's doing in research. Here, here, try this. Just try it. Try that. Oh, and have you seen his bubblegum cards for opera fans? Yeah, he showed it to me. Do you know how many seven-year-old opera fans there are in this world? <laughs> These kids will be trading in 50 Beverly Sills for one Ron Swoboda. <laughs> and you know what his other newest in innovation is? Huh. A little wash and dry in every package. <laughs> So they can wipe their little mouths. Tastes like broccoli. Yes. Yes, you see what I mean? I don't know what to do. Oh, Oscar. 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 I can't ask him to go back to New York. How would you feel about his coming back? Oh, well, listen, Floyd, I don't really need him, but I don't want the world chewing broccoli gum. Well, can't you at least talk to him? I mean, you are his best friend. Yeah, but you're his brother. But, but I can't. I begged him to come up here. Yes, come on. Great idea. What do you think? No more sticky hair. Well, that, uh, that certainly is an idea. I knew you'd love it. Thanks, boys. Come on, back to the line. Now, Oscar, do you see what I mean? He's having those men wear shower caps in order to keep the gum out of their hair. And those men are teamsters. They're having a production, Mr. Unger. Oh, look, look, I have to, I have to go, but, but please, please talk to him. I can't even get ex-convicts to work for me anymore. Great moments in opera number 19. Madame Butterfly commits suicide. <laughs> Talk to him. <laughs> All right, a lot to talk there. Uh, so when he chooses Bubble B, that man is very excited. A and C pat him on the back. Uh, Mimi dying from tuberculosis is from La Boheme. Yes, I know that. I didn't know that. Uh, Ron, I know that, Ted. Okay, Ron, I know that. Ron Swoboda played for the Mets and Yankees, and he was about to retire when this episode aired. I guess, I mean, I only know that name from this show. <laughs> I have to give as I did do, even though I was a baseball fan these days, but I still was a, I didn't switch to the Mets to the eighties. So. Uh, Beverly Sills, I assume most people know was, is one of the biggest opera stars of all time. And somehow surprisingly not a guest star on the odd couple. Maybe too big. <laughs> Maybe she turned it down. Right. Uh, so did you recognize one of the two teamsters who was wearing the shower caps? No, I did not. 
Well, do you remember during the episode made for each other when Leon, the African-American guy, was eating pizza with the newspaper chef hat? And I Uh said, I know he's in another episode and this is it. He is the African-American man wearing shower cap. Who never speaks. Who never speaks. Yes. So, um, I mean, I get he seems like maybe he's an Eddie Garrett kind of. I think he's a crew member. Is bit my player bad. or crew member. Yeah. yeah. But I remember I kept saying, do you remember me saying, I know he's in another yes. episode and this yes. is where he shows up. I did not realize it until I saw him here. Now, did you hear what Felix called his secretary here? No. He says, Miss Dixon. Okay. Now, earlier he said Dixie. Just so, minutes ago. Right. And in the credits, she's Ivy. So either she is Dixie Dixon <laughs> or Ivy Dixon. <laughs> well, Dixie Dixon would be a ridiculous name. So, right. Um, so now, I think it's a let's Tony... remember with the, with the credits. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we've seen this before where the character's name is different in the credits than uh, what we hear on air. And sometimes that could be a reflection of a, a, a name change from the original script where the credits reflect the original script and then it was changed or um, I don't know. Here's my, I have an, I have an opinion. No, I believe that her name is Miss Dixon. Her first name is Ivy. I think Tony Randall just goofed when he said Dixie. That's what I think. Oh, Oh, right. Like Ivy mixing up Ivy and Dixon. Yes. Yes. He probably was supposed to call her Ivy. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Okay. Anything you want to say about the scene? It's a, it's a really, uh, the way Floyd talks to Oscar about Felix is really good. It is really good. And I, that's exactly what I was going to say, that, that um, William Redfield just really um, balances. He's able to have this really his hilarious complaining monologue about Felix without coming across as mean. You know, he still communicates that he, he, he's his brother and he, he gets annoyed about at him as a brother would or as a roommate would. And it's a nice bonding moment kind of between him and Oscar. And he and does his own switch because sorry, he does his own version of Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Yes. That's hilarious. Right. Right. Furthering the bond between, well, yeah, that's echoing Felix, right. He's doing his brother. Um, but he uh, is just able to, to do that without coming off uh, the wrong way. And it's a great, it's a great switch. It's a great surprise because we don't see that coming from Floyd. Right. Yeah. And it, and it really sets up the last half of the episode well. Right. And it very, it's very logical. It makes sense. It does make sense that Felix would drive Floyd crazy and he doesn't that he, really fit in here. It would not here. turn out the way yes. Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> or Felix right. thought it could. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we're back in Floyd's living room. No, not back in. We're now in Floyd's living room in another set, which makes two sets built for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's Felix and four Felix and Floyd and four other men are dressed in yellow coats with black stripes <laughs> that look more like tigers and zebras, right? Yeah, right. A zebra jacket would be white. Yeah, with black stripes. Right. So I don't understand the yellow jacket. Did they write? Did they order the costumes thinking it was going to be tigers and change it to zebras last moment? I don't know. So three men kneel on the floor. Two men kneel on top of them, and Felix gets on top. And says the zebras present the pyramid and they all get excited and Felix gets off and they all applaud. Oscar says to Felix, not bad. Felix says, would you believe they thought they could win with the three-legged race? Now, there's no, this is an unexplained reference, but I guess it's implied that they had a contest against another lodge. Well, Floyd then says Felix is taking over the whole picnic. So I'm imagining that there's a picnic. And maybe there's some dialogue cut here. Yeah. 
Oh, that could be. I didn't think about that. I mean, You're right. Maybe my my guess. Well, yes. Whatever. 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 Guessing ha- because there was something cut. That out. could be. You're right. There could be something cut out. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're right. I think before they do the pyramid, it does feel like there's a, something cut out that they just never yeah. decided to cut for time. And I'm not saying I remember it ever airing, but no, it uh, didn't because it would have been right. here. But it just. But it, it, it's just like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, I, you're right. I, you're, now that you mention it, I would now bet that before they do the pyramid, there's a 30 seconds or a minute of dialogue where they talk about something. But do you agree with me that like there's some, right, so there's a, but it's happening in the future or it happened in the past? I believe it's happening in the future. Who thought they would win with the three-legged race? I think what's happening is there's dialogue cut that's saying in the future, there is a picnic. I see. And as part of the picnic, there's a competition. The zebras thought they should do the three-legged race, and Felix said, uh, "No, we should do okay. the pyramid. That's what we should right. focus on to win." Right. Which is also, by the way, another uh, Tony Randall uh, stunt in the episode. Yeah, he does his yeah. own stunts. He does. That's right. Um, so one of the other zebras comes up to Oscar and says, "Well, Oscar, what do you think of your old buddy becoming a member of our old lodge?" He's a Oscar says he's a born zebra. And the man says, oh, yeah, now when he comes down to the lodge, he has access to the old water hole and full grazing rights in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Now, his name in the credits is Albert. He's played by Jack Collins. Do you recognize him? He's been in an uh, odd couple Yes, before. I remember him from, but I can't place it. He was in Odd Monks. He was Brother Samuel. Ah, he was one of the monks, right? Yes. Was, yeah, those, a lot of those, well, at least the other guy from the Fly to, Fly to the Felix episode, uh, a couple of the monks showed up in other episodes. Yes. Uh, Floyd says it's getting late and they all do the fingers. Good night, which is a zebra tradition <laughs> where they put their two and three, their second and third fingers together and they shake hands with just their fingers. Kind of like a Mr. Spock Vulcan thing. No, just with no, it's them. not. No, don't do Star Trek references. That's that's my area. <laughs> you could do Broadway <laughs> and George's okay, Calvin fine. and La Boheme. I'll do Star Trek. Uh, Albert says, good night, Oscar. Give my regards to old Broadway. And then the zebras leave and Oscar says, nice guys. Felix says, Buffalo's best. Now, Floyd's wife comes out. There's absolutely no need to have this character. She comes out to say one thing. She's got no other credit, almost no other credits. I'll talk about her afterwards. But it's interesting that they decided to actually feature the wife. And I'll explain why I think that's important Um, later on. Well, I, I know what you're saying she's dramatically it's a thankless role, but um, if she weren't, something would be missing. We need to see Floyd's home life in. And as we'll see with the kids, we don't see the kids, but they're a part of the episode. So it adds to the picture. No, no, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. In fact, I'm going to yeah. say why. It's I think a good it's good later. that she's in it, even if it but I'm surprised thing. that they actually brought this character on the screen. Right. Right. They didn't need okay. to. No. Um, okay, we're gonna play the last, our last clip of the of the episode. Nice guys. Buffalo's best. All right. Ten o'clock. Oh, thank you, Pugums. Well, Mildred and I are gonna turn in now. Oh, but Oscar, you stay up. You you, you stay up as late as you want, and. Uh, you know, in case you have anything to say to Felix, okay? Nice meeting you, Oscar. Thanks for everything. Felix, the children want to say goodnight to you. Uh-oh. Told you, they worship their Uncle Felix. <laughs> Good night, Sharon. 
Good night, Sharon and Bobby. Good night, Sharon and Bobby and David. Good night, Sharon, Bobby, David, and Alice. Did you tell them good night? Something I want to talk to you about. Uh, uh, I want to tell you that uh, it's hard to believe that after a month you're received. Mm. You know. Right. What do you want to do now? What do you usually do? Well, after they go to bed, I sit here, and watch TV, read a book. Yeah, but you got full grazing rights now. Yeah, we can get out of the lounge. You want to? I got a jukebox. They got a pinball machine. Felix, I'd rather talk to you. We can There's do that. Something I want to tell you. I hate it. What? I can't stand it anymore. I'm going crazy. All I do all day long is talk about bubblegum. That's no light for a grown man. It should be made by little pink elves. That's what you love to. I've tried, but I can't stand making decisions about bubblegum for the rest of my life. Floyd does it. Floyd is a jerk. Sweet, your brother. <laughs> Look at that jacket he wears. Felix. You seem so happy. Laugh, clown, laugh. I didn't want to hurt Floyd's feelings. You know me. I don't let everybody know my troubles. Silent Sam. You're Silent Sam? <laughs> Photography was glamorous. Even the cockroaches. Something different every day. Even if things went wrong, it was exciting. Felix, you gotta accept that you're a city boy at heart. You bet your buffalo. Bet your buffalo. You see, I'm going crazy. I don't know. I'm gonna handle it. I'm gonna tell what, you. What? What? Don't Floyd. Floyd. break his heart. It won't break his heart. Believe me, Floyd. No, no, no. It's 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 it can wait. It can't right, wait. Big I'm ass. telling you, it's what? all right. What's it tell Floyd. I want to leave the herd. I'm, I'm not happy here, Floyd. I, I want to go back to New York. I'm sorry. Oh, Felix, don't be sorry. It, it just wasn't right for you. I mean, I'm glad you tried it, but I wouldn't hold you here. I, I love this life, but it's not right for everybody. You see, not everyone can cut it as a Buffalonian. You guys want to talk it over? No, 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 Oscar, please stay. You're family. Look, I can get a general manager anywhere, Felix, but you're my brother. And I want you to be happy. So I want you to go back to New York and just knock him dead. Okay? Good night, Oscar. Good night. He's not a jerk. He's a nice guy. No wonder my mother liked him better than me. <laughs> Buddy, you want to go down to the old water hole? That's your last chance to use your grazing rights. It's a nice lodge house. It really is. You want to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We share a pool table with the USO. <laughs> yeah. Gee, when I go back to New York, I'll have to find a place to live, won't I? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, if you want to, temporarily now, while you're looking for a place, you want to stay in your old room, it's okay. Didn't you find another roommate? Well, as a matter of fact, I did. He was there for about three days, but what a slob! Where do you see the messy man? So when Felix is saying goodnight to the kids, Oscar's mimicking him in the other room along in silence. Uh, Floyd's wife, Mildred, 
as we said, is uh, is played by an actress named Alice James, James, who has very few credits. She's in the Hollywood Story episode of The Odd Couple coming up in season five, but she has a, two other credits, like a Love American Style and something else. So, which is also Gary Marshall. What about Gary Marshall? Uh, Love American Style is a Gary. Oh Marshall right, yeah. Style. So it feels like she's a somewhere behind the scenes person who they put on camera. Uh, anything you want to say about that? Otherwise, oh, she, she's also she. Another reason to bring her on is that to hear him call her Pookums. Pookums. Sorry, Pookums. Do you want Which, to say? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's very, 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 uh, very waspy. They're playing up. Yeah. I'm going to move on to the tag unless you oh, have more really? to say. You have nothing else to say. I know. I, I like the scene. Well, it's, one, it's a great scene. Yeah. It's a great uh, scene. I, I uh, Again, yeah. having an actor of William Redfield's uh, emotional depth uh, helps a lot. And um, I love Tony Randall's quick, amazingly uh, um, accelerated descent from, hey, yeah, that's good in the lodge. I hate <laughs> yeah. it here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, I didn't see, you don't see that coming. And, um, and the way Oscar uh, brokers the jacket, the, that stupid. Yeah. Oh, the way Oscar brokers the deals great. Yeah. But he says yeah. that he wears that stupid jacket while he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, jacket. yeah. Um, it uh, it all it all happens very fast, but very con- convincingly. Yes, it's all very organic. It all feels real. Sure. In the tag, uh, they come into the apartment. The lights are out. Uh, we hear Felix say, oh, it's so good to be back. Oscar turns on the light, and we see that messy living room we saw when he left. Felix is stunned at what he sees. Oscar says, I told you he was a slob. And Felix says, oh, come on. No roommate did this. This has got the mark of Madison all over it. Here's your, here's your signature. And he picks up a half-eaten submarine sandwich. Oscar says, I got to admit it. I did it. I did it. Felix says, you must have missed me plenty. Oscar says, oh, well, just in the little ways, you know, the way you used to trim my lamb chops, the way you used to mark the TV guide for the shows I should watch. And then the room goes dark again. And Oscar says, the way you paid the electric bill. Which is not a great tag, but uh, uh, it's amusing. Yeah. I really, really like this episode. Uh, it feels, it's, we've said this before about some episodes. It feels like a really full story told over 23 minutes or 26 yeah, again, minutes amazingly paced and and uh um concise to be able to fit all that in and it's stuff happens like you really feel there's like this demarcation in their lives that happens and then goes back but it all feels believable it doesn't feel rushed it all works uh the sets are so part of what makes that work is how much attention and yeah. I'd say money, they put into it. They made two sets. They hired all these guest actors. They got William Redfield. They have the eight zebras. And mm-hmm. even though they had a ton of, of extras in the Vocal Girl Makes Good episode, that didn't work in its favor. Here, it works to have, uh, you know, you feel there's this life. They have Beatrice Cohen. You feel there's this other life. Like yeah. Floyd's life is believable. You believe yeah, this is happening. one of, and it's funny, you're making me think of like, it's it's not totally rare because there are some other episodes, but it's only enough that you can remember how many times how many episodes don't take place in New York. Yeah, uh, they go the the racetrack, the the dog racing. They go to other places. Um, the with Fat Farm, the Fat Farm, right? And it's always special when they do that. Yeah, and it and 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 it it's also a very funny episode. There's lots of great lines, the bubblegum stuff the way Floyd reacts to Felix, the way Floyd comes into Felix's life and 
thinks Oscar is homeless. Uh, I don't think this episode gets as much glory as others. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll see when we put it posted on Facebook and see what the reactions are. Um, so I give it four out of five, Maurice. It's really one of my favorite episodes. It's not a five simply because I don't think I have belly laugh in this episode, but I love every scene. I love Floyd. I love seeing him in Buffalo in this new job. I love the zebras. Uh, I love the business aspect of it. So I, re- I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I agree with you 100. Uh, in fact, you're you're saying all the things I was going to say. So, like even down to why I, I also would give it four Murrays, and because of its wait four. I said four form, and a half. So let's oh, make sure I said four I and a half. Murray. Four. Oh, oh, okay. I, I well, thought I said four I and a half. I'm going to stick with four because for me, what you just said about no belly laughs, like I, you know, for me, it's not one of the great laugh out loud episodes. It's not one of the more farcical ones, but it is uh, richer dramatically, emotionally, and it's just so well-written and so well put together and has these nice, has that wonderful uh, guest performance by Redfield uh, that it's certainly an episode of great quality. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm not putting it up there with like all-time funniest. Yeah, I, I think this, I guess the moment with the first time we see Floyd thinking Oscar's homeless is really funny. I guess now that it's, is not funny, as, yeah. it's now as much of a laugh because <laughs> I'm expecting it. Uh, yeah. Although Oscar's reaction and then Floyd's reaction when he realizes he now has to shake Oscar's hand is very funny. But uh, yeah, it's not a belly laugh. Uh, okay. Did you, were you done commenting on it? I think I am done. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, yeah, it's a really good episode. And, um, and if you have feedback or comments or questions, you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. Uh, and Garrett, you're not a jerk. Fingers, Ted. Fingers. <laughs>